podcast where two people who know nothing about mythology teach you about mythology. We also talk about legends and folklore, and today we're going to be talking about Egypt. Mm-hmm. I'm Cece. I'm taking a drink of my monster. I'm Tony. <laughs> and uh, we're super excited for today. Um, as you know, recently we've been kind of getting into the details of things, yep. and we're going to talk about two Egyptian gods today. Yes. What are you talking about? I'm going to be talking about Osiris. And I will be talking about Anubis. Yeah. Um, real quick before we get started, um, typical typical trigger warnings um, warnings in general. Cece has ticks. Uh, well, yeah, I have ticks, and they're really bad today, so... She's been hitting me all day, so it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, so if you sensitive to ticks, please be cautious when listening. Um, and the other thing is that my story has murder and incest. I mean, mine technically kind of does as well. It's not graphic, just your typical mythology stuff at this point. I can't believe that's normal. That mythology... We just talk about incest all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I need to get a sound bite that's just, Sweet home Alabama. <laughs> Whenever we talk about incest. It's going to be great. Um, what's our update for our podcast situation, Tony? So we are in a new room. We are no, no we are now no longer sitting on our bed with the microphone sitting on the bed. I have made it the last couple of times to where I have purchased a desk. We have a camera now, which we aren't going to be using today, but we will figure that out later. And I bought office chairs, so... Yes, so now instead of being cramped on a bed, I'm going to slide around the room. You'll probably hear my wheels at some point. Yes, she's probably (laughs) going to go full ADHD mode and start sliding around. This is very accurate. Yes. Uh, The slight buzzing you hear in the background is the heater because... It's cold. It's cold. (laughs) So as long as you can live past the bzzz in the background, you're fine. Okay, now All do you right. want to get us started with your uh, story today, Cece? Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired. You're good. Not as tired as last week, oh but I'm tired still. Last week was bad. We I don't know. talk about last week. <laughs> okay, so Osiris is now known as the Lord of the Underworld and the Judge of the Dead. He is married to his sister Isis. Because sister wives and brother husbands were all the rage back then. Yep. Um, fun fact, Osiris is actually the Latin version of his name. In actual Egypt, he was referred to as Usur or Usur. Usher. Okay. I can't think of any Usher lyrics right now. <laughs> um, DJ got us falling in love again. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they called him Usur, which we'll see a lot. And if we ever do make the mistake of referring to Usur instead of Osiris, hopefully this little tidbit right here will help click in your brain. Like, oh yeah, that crazy girl, she said that they sometimes called him Usur, and that, that was his real name. Yep. Yep. Um, woo! Um, his name actually, Usur, means powerful or mighty. Like, that is what the translation of it is. And so often he'll be referred to as the Mighty One. Hmm. Yeah, so that's another name that he goes by. I I am too fidgety for this. <laughs> okay. He was the firstborn god of 
Did we say it was Jeb or Geb? It was. It's Jeb. It's Jeb and did we decide Nut or Newt? I think it was Newt. I, I don't know if I want to call it Nut. <laughs> um, who were the Earth and the Sky gods? And um, that made that makes Osiris, you know, one of the oldest gods, all of them. Yeah. Like age wise. Yes. Because yeah, there's we as we talked about last week with Dionysus. Um, sometimes God's worship actually started, bef- you know, before other gods that were technically older than them. So that means that'll probably be the case. So we're going to be looking in terms of relationships and oldness in terms of in the story, in the mythologies. Oldness. Eld- elderly. I don't think that's what we're looking for either. I don't know. Because I don't say I'm the elderest of my siblings. You're, you're technically the elder of your siblings. But I refer to myself as the oldest. I know, but you just said it. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, it, whatever. It was, it, was a weird, it was a weird setup. Wow! Yep. <laughs> um, so, yes, he was the first god. He is the oldest of all of his siblings. Just like me. Um, and he has... He has one major story that is his story. Like, the story of Osiris is accompanying his whole life, and it is very interesting. I'm going to be breaking that down just here in just a minute. Let's finish some facts first. Um, he was originally a fertility god, and before his death and before he became Lord of the Underworld, he was a fertility god, and he was actually... Um, some people think that he was first worshipped in Syria, but that's been contested. Can't quite agree on that. If I ever find more research, then I'll say something. Um, he is commonly portrayed as having black or green skin, and this is due to the fertile mud of the Nile and the regeneration, which we'll talk about in the story that I'm t- telling later. Right. Um, it's very interesting, this concept that the Egyptians have where... You know, in most religions, the gods tend to look like humans. But in Egypt, they are very much so not human. They are animal-related. Or, you know, in this case, he's seen as a mummy. Um, or a partial mummy. And he has, could have green skin. I huh. mean, they're not necessarily... They don't necessarily look like humans. Which is... Very interesting. It's kind of weird, the fact that Egyptians were the first ones to be furries. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You don't even know if they're the first ones. How do you know that there's not older mythologies out there that we just haven't learned about yet? I don't know. I guess we'll find that out. Mm. And will prove me wrong. Um, Go future Tony. Something interesting that I thought about with this, a connection that I'm probably reaching to make, was he was seen as, you know, god of regeneration and living like afterlife and stuff like that and it's very interesting that he could have green skin when um like in video games especially you know health bars are often shown as green regeneration things are all often shown as green i wonder if there's a connection there i'm making that connection there it's a fact yes it's a fact you know those little green potions in skyrim yep yeah they're the green because of stamina. Osiris. It's actually stamina. Oh. Red is. Oh wow. I'm dumb. Okay. Well, other games it's green. <laughs> Hello, I'm stupid. <laughs> oh, honey. Wow. Um. So, 
he's one of the only gods that I think we've ever talked about that has been considered both a living and a dead god. Yeah. Because he was died and brought back to life. Just like Jesus. Uh, That's a whole other situation. That's a whole other story. We will be talking about Christianity later. Yes. In respect, I, I promise. Yes, we are looking through it in a scientific and historical value, not a... Bashing your belief system. This has nothing to do with their own personal beliefs. Anyway, yes. moving on. <laughs> um, so as a living god, he was seen as very, very handsome. And he was a king. He was the first king of Earth. And he was known to be, like, this awesome, awesome ruler. Like, he basically made Egypt into what it became. Huh. Because Egypt was huge. Yeah, that's weird. I like it. I mean, it still is huge. Like, it, it, everything. Egypt is just one of those places that people are like, oh, yeah, Egypt, and you know. Yeah. Um, oh, you mean those big pyramid things? Yeah. Which, you know, that wasn't, they weren't, they weren't built. No, Osiris I know. No, I know. <laughs> um, he wore an ATEF, which is a plumed headdress, and he carried a crook and flail. Don't know what those are, but I think it's like a staff kind of thing. You didn't research this? I did not. Oh, my God. Um, I meant to. I have a note in my notes that says what, meaning that I was supposed to research it, but someone wanted me to finish up in what I was doing so that we could come record. Wasn't, weren't you distracted from your mother's phone call? No. Oh. No, no, no. I was on page, like, three of my notes when my mother called me. Oh, whoops. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Hello. Um... So, I, the ATF, I I think there was something about it having peacock feathers on it. Like, two peacock feathers. But I don't think that's true. I picture the ATF as more like the really tall hats that pharaohs are seen wearing. Yeah, I can see that. Um, He's also associated with a Bennu bird, which I think we talked a little bit about in our first Egypt episode. I, be, I think so. I think, I, so. I think we Let's covered see, is this something. The notebook? No, this is not the notebook that I used for that episode. Um... But basically, a Bennu bird is the bird that inspired the phoenix and any other regenerative regenerative type birds. Okay, yeah, they, I, I think they have a cyclical life cycle where they'll you know die and then come back to life as a baby, just like phoenixes yeah. often are said to do. Um, the most popular period of his worship was thirty one fifty to thirty BCE. So that's a pretty long span. That's like three thousand years. Yeah. Of worship, which is crazy, especially 30 BCE, that feels so recent. But I guess if you think about, you know, timeline in the Bible, which I'm the most familiar with in terms of texts from the era. Right. Um, I mean, the Egypts were, or the Egyptians, whoa. The Egyptians. The Egyptians, I mean, they were pretty prominent in the Bible, too. So, I mean, I guess it makes sense. It's just actually seeing the comparison side by side, looking at actual numbers is kind of weird. Yeah. And especially when you think about that was only, you know, 2,000 years ago. It's crazy. Yeah, that's a little, that's a little insane. Um, but they also have found some evidence of Osiris worship as early as the 6,000 BCE. Right. Um. Okay. I'll tell the story of Osiris at the end. So Egyptian cultures, they value harmony, order, gratitude, and eternal life. Which are all symbols that have to do with Osiris. Um, like I said, he was the first king of Egypt. So he placed all these guidelines in place. These were his 
ideals that he wanted to focus on harmony order gratitude and just eternal life or afterlife anything that has to do with the person it's very interesting um it's also stated that um ancient egyptians considered ingratitude a gateway sin a gateway sin a gateway sin like a gateway drug but a sin right so it's like the marijuana of their time (laughs) (laughs) i heard you didn't say thank you you're going to live in the afterworld (laughs) (laughs) going going down to anubis and osiris yes what is the afterworld called in Egyptian mythology? I'm actually. I didn't say not that sure. anywhere in my research, and uh, I searched like four different pages looking. Uh, I've been reading that it's just the land of the dead. There's just not the a specific like Helheim go or Hell. Go into the land of the dead. What? No one likes you. Ha <laughs> ha. I almost got booped. He did almost get booped. <laughs> <laughs> um. As we'll see in the story, um, Osiris also became associated with the Nile River. And, um, because basically every single aspect of the story has something to do with the Nile River, because why not? Yeah, the Nile River was, like, worshipped by the people of Egypt. Pretty much, And the gods, yeah. yeah. Um, there were two festivals regarding Osiris, two main ones, essentially, um, called the Fall Nile Festival, which celebrated the death of Osiris, and then the Dijed... Pillar Festival? Jed Pillar Festival? D-J-E-D. It's probably Jed. I think it's Jed. With like a, almost like a little bit of an emphasis on the J for the D, the Jed. Like a J. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um. So anyway, that festival it's like celebrates... like a J with a over it. Right? Ah! <laughs> Never mind. Okay. <laughs> that was loud. We need to somehow figure out how to insert little tick warning things, like extreme yelling. Please be cautious. Nah, they're fine. Oh my god, Everyone's fine. Um, anyway, the Jed Pillar Festival celebrated the resurrection of Osiris. Um, the city of Abydos was the main center of worship, um, also called a cult center, which as we talked about last week, cult did not have the same meaning in when it's referred to in mythology times a cult is basically just this the equal of religion the equal yeah yeah it's a worship worship community um so abydos was also considered the most sought after burial ground of the time everyone wanted to be buried near osiris's center of worship and um people would like if people couldn't be buried there they would literally, their loved ones would literally bring like a little, I think it's pronounced a steel or a stele, S-T-E-L-E. It's like a little knife. Yeah. Um, and they would put that, like as a grave marker in the ground, but it's just a symbol because they couldn't bring the bodies there. Right. So that was super interesting. They also built an Osiris garden, which was made of mud and water of the Nile, and it was shaped the same as Osiris. Be that his head or his whole body, I'm not really sure. But all I'm picturing is little, you know, like how in like cartoons when a creature will go up into space and then fall into the ground and there's a big crater of their arms and legs just splayed out like a starfish. Yes. That's what I picture this garden looking like. And I know that that's not what it looks like, but that's all that I can picture in my head. Oh my goodness. 
Yeah. Since you said it, I can imagine it. Now that's all. I, now that's all you're gonna think about too. Just fire. And it said that there are Osiris Gardens. I mean, everywhere in burial grounds and cities. Like they were just all over the place. People would have like miniature ones for their homes. Hmm. And now I just picture little mice-sized ones, and it's funny. Or like baby-sized ones. Oh no, that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty funny. I'm just saying. Um, from the original Osiris Garden and why it became so popular, it's because it said that the plants that grew, especially the wheat, will um, they were symbolized. They symbolized the rise from death and then eternal life for the garden tenders. So the people that tended these Osiris Gardens were said to have eternal life. Yeah. So that was, I mean, pretty interesting. Yeah. No, that's actually. <laughs> pretty interesting to me i mean um, i didn't i didn't find any festivals really comparative to the person i'm talking to today yeah just because you know he's not really super big See, osiris is just huge i mean oh yeah everything connects back to osiris i feel like he's gonna be the freaking he's like a more mellow non-man butthead a non-man butthead. You know what? I'm keeping those pauses in there, too. <laughs> just so people can, like... He's basically the equivalent of Zeus, I feel like, where Zeus just had his toe and everything, and Osiris is just, I mean, as secluded and removed as he eventually became. I mean, he's just... Everything comes back to him because he started the Egyptian rule and civilizations. Yeah. I mean, well, there's him and Ra, and I mean, we'll get into... Yeah, we'll get into Ra. Ra but... later, but... I can see where you can draw the parallel to Zeus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other notable temples were found in Bucyrus and Heliopolis, which I feel like Heliopolis... He, Heliopolis. Heliopolis. That's a place that's used in Rick Riordan's Kane Chronicles series, I think. And I think it's probably used in the Assassin's Creed game that's based in Egypt. Yeah. Because Heliopolis is a city that I definitely know. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's plays a decent part in Origins. Um, but priests would attend, or, um, tend to and attend all of these temples, and they had their own private place of worship that only they could enter, and they were o- like, so only the priests were allowed in the inner sanctum. Right. Uh, but anyone was allowed to enter on the temple grounds and the general part of the building and people would do so and bring offerings and ask for advice i mean just like any other worship center right in mythology i feel like that we've discussed so far yeah they've got these places of worship and some places are too holy for regular people and i say that with air quotes i think we can tell from your voice (laughs) Um, kings and rulers would take Horus's name in life, and Horus is Osiris's son, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about a little bit later, and they would take the name Osiris after life. So, like, in life, they would be Horus Sam, and then after death, they would be Osiris Sam. That's weird. It is weird, but, I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, pharaohs are also mummified to resemble... Resemble... Yeah, Osiris. Yeah. Um, because Osiris is, you know, seen as this great ruler and he's normally seen as a mummy. Yeah. So people for pharaohs would mummify themselves to be like, look at me, I'm just like 
I'm just like Osiris. Huh. Um, lastly, there was a cult for Osiris, a big one, but it was actually called the Cult of Isis because over time, the story of Osiris and how awesome he was eventually became the story of Isis, his wife, and how awesome she was. Yeah. Like, it is very interesting that over time, the power and name and notoriety and fame, it all went to his wife, which I feel like you definitely don't see a lot in writings and culture, especially from ancient times, because, you know, often the the people in power were men. Yeah. Not to get political or anything, but, you know, it's just, it's very interesting, especially that even when it was resolved... Even when the cult did revolve around Osiris, it was still called the Cult of Isis. Very interesting. Well, Go Egypt. It's kind of like how uh, a lot of the Greek goddesses would basically keep their husbands in check. I mean, look at what Hera did to Zeus. Yeah, but I mean, reasons. Hera, I mean, how much, like, when it comes to Hera versus Zeus, who do you know more about? Well, re- disregarding research, Zeus. See, that's the thing, is, you know, most often the main big gods are men. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox. Um, so the cult, of Isis, <laughs> the cult of Isis was formed as early as 1991 BCE, and they would basically travel around the lands in Egypt and outside of Egypt, reenacting the story of Osiris, which I'm telling next. I promise. Um, this cult last, actually lasted longer than any other religion and cult that was um celebrated not celebrated studied not studied lived i I don't know i don't know but this cult lasted longer than any other one so you know cult of dionysus you know any other religion in place of worship this lasted longer than any of them because you know as soon as christianity started making its way through these myths and these places um a lot of people stopped worshipping them and started worshipping, you know, the Christianity religions instead. But this cult of Isis lasted longer than any other one. Dang. I could not find when it finally ended. Or, you know, stopped being a big place of worship. Because the thing is, is that a lot of, you know, like, oh, people don't worship the pagan, you know, anything anymore. And it's like, well, actually, some people do. Yeah. And I feel like it's becoming increasingly more popular as... Um, people are more able to express themselves here in America. Um, I definitely see a lot more people being like, I'm practicing witchcraft. I'm, um, reading tarot cards. I have, um, idols and stuff like that. And people are getting more and more comfortable sharing that. So, I mean, people have probably been celebrating these religions and cults still. And it just hasn't been in the media because... Christianity, and now in this age of recording, now people are becoming more and more out there and sharing these things. It's very interesting to watch the evolution of society. Yeah. It's something that I've been watching a lot lately is actually the evolution of society. She's also been watching a lot of true crime, so... Oh, my, I know. If I'm not on next week's podcast, you know where to find me. Ah! I'm kidding. What the heck? <laughs> All right. Are you ready to hear the story of Osiris? I have been ready since you started talking. Oh. This This intrigues me. Okay, so Osiris ruled over the earth, and he taught the humans laws, culture, religion, and agriculture. He took this crazy human world, and he was like, here, let me organize this. Bam! You have laws now. 
bam, you can grow your own food now. Bow, you have culture, you can do the things. You're more than just pieces of meat running around doing nothing with your lives. And so, what? like, the people loved him. Everything was fantastic. Everything was thriving. They had crops. They had happiness. The world was at, like, the land was at peace. Right. And it was all thanks to Osiris. Which obviously pissed someone off. Duh. Because why can't things be good? Yeah. Because it's not inhuman and god nature, apparently. I actually have it written in my notes. Duh. It's written. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> it's um, D-U-H. Duh. Now, who was royally pissed off? Do you know? I'm covering uh, up my notes. Covering up your notes. I'm covering up my it's notes. It's probably one of the other really big deities. I'm assuming Ra? Nope. Really? It was Set. Oh, I was either going to guess Ra or Horus, because. Horus that is would the make son sense. of Osiris. Okay, but that would make sense. No, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, look at what Zeus did to yeah. his dad and his dad before him. Anyway, so Set was pissed. As one would be when things are good. Oh, yeah. Um, I only like negativity. Although he did have he did have a little bit of a reason because Set's wife, Nephthys, Nephthys, Neph, Nephthys. Nephthys, there you go. Slept with Osiris and got pregnant with Anubis. Okay, but do you know how she slept with Osiris? No, and I'm sure you'll tell me about that later. I will, because it's in my story as well. <laughs> I know. But she, you know, gave birth to Anubis and Set was pissed off. And so he built a coffin that fit Osiris perfectly. Like, literally dimensions down to every curvature of his body. Which is probably why Egyptian coffins aren't just square like, you know, American ones are. Right. They're, they were shaped like humans. Right. Probably because of this. Um, he threw this huge party and he invited everyone. And he was like, anyone that can fit in this coffin perfectly, you can have it for free. Why you want a coffin just hanging around your house, I don't know. But that was the prize. And so when Osiris went to go lay in the coffin, Set slammed it shut, nailed it shut, and threw it in the river. Nice. And once again, all I can picture is a cartoon where the predator catches its prey and wraps it and puts it in a box and wraps that box in another box and another box and another box with chains all around it. That's all I can picture happening and just running around frantically doing this. I want to watch cartoons. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> so he threw Osiris in the Nile. Nile reference number one. You're right. Um, so the coffin gets trapped in the city of Byblos, and a tree begins to grow around it. And this tree had absolutely beautiful wood. Like, it was just a gorgeous tree. What a pretty tree. What a pretty tree. <laughs> wow! And the king of Byblos was driving by it one day. Or, driving. <laughs> the king of Byblos was going by the tree one day. Okay, there we go. And he saw how beautiful it was, and so he demanded his people to cut it down and make it into a pillar for his courtroom. He was like, this piece of tree, beautiful. Jump it down! I wonder if he even tried to, like, populate the tree. Probably not. No. Um, so Osiris was alive during all of this. He did not die until after the column was built and erected. Huh. Yeah. Really depressing. It doesn't say how long it took for all of this to happen, but I mean, a tree grew around it. Yeah. 
So probably a long time. It may have been. It a would while, suck yeah. to be immortal. <laughs> yeah. So Isis tracked him everywhere. Isis is his wife. Yes. Um, she tracked him everywhere. She tracked him high and low. She gathered her followers, probably where the cult of Isis would originate, according to mythology timeline. Right. And um, she finally tracked him to Biblos, and she tricked. A couple of people by pretending to be an old woman, and then she ingrained herself in the palace life. She got very comfortable with the leaders, and finally, she was caught trying to make the king's son immortal with fire. Dang. Okay. So they caught her, and then she was like, bam, I'm actually the goddess Isis, and, um... You're going to give me my husband back. And they're like, what do you mean we're going to give you your husband back? And I'm like, my husband is in your pillar. I want that pillar. That's all I want. Give me that pillar and I'll leave you alone. And they're smart people, so they did that. And um, she managed to get his body out of the tree. And she hid his body in the Nile. In the swamp of the Nile. Not reference number two. Um, now, she asked Nephthys for help to um, revive him. And Set found out about this and he tracked Osiris down, chopped him into a bunch of pieces and scattered him all around the Nile. Now reference number three. <laughs> Isis and Nephthys, they found every single part but one piece. Can you guess what piece that was? One of his toes. No. Okay. It was his penis. I was going to say that too. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> he found every part but his penis, which was eaten by an oxyrhyricus. Oxyrhyricus fish. Nice. I have no idea what that fish looks like, but it was bad juju to eat one in Egypt. They were like banned from eating them because of this instance. Dang. All right. Yeah. Um. She was able to eventually revive Osiris, and she, like, turned into a kite and flew around him and sucked his seed out of him. <laughs> and she birthed Horus. That, okay. Wow. Yep. <sighs> yep. What? Okay, I guess we can call the father of Osiris nut now, then, huh? Yeah, yeah. Your story's gross. So as an undead, because, you know, technically the dude's a zombie now, because he died and came back to life. Yeah. Um, He didn't quite feel connected with the land of the living anymore, and now we have this son that would eventually be able to take the rule back from Set. Right. And he moved to the underworld and became the lord and the judge of the dead. And that's where his story ends. Dang. Okay. That's how he became who he was. And it was... It's just so interesting. Yeah, no, that's actually... That's and crazy. there's a whole other part to the story that involves Horus growing up. But I figure we would save that for the, the Horus episode. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Don't want to so, double dip. I didn't include that. So that's the end of my story for today. How about we take a break? Yes, please. All right. We're going to take a break. 
I'm going to go to the bathroom, and I'm going to turn off the heater because it is starting to get hot in here. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a little hot, so hopefully, hopefully that doesn't mess around with the audio. But we are going to be back. We'll see you in just a minute. Goodbye. For now. <laughs> Welcome back. See, you took off your sweatshirt. We didn't turn off the heater because... I didn't want to mess with the sound settings. Yeah, because... But I took off my sweatshirt. Yeah. I'm still hot. It's... As the girls in Morbid would say, I'm helter-sweltering. Oh my goodness. Okay, so... <laughs> Shout out to the Morbid Podcast. Yes, so what's we'll up? We'll never, ever, ever see this. Yeah, what's up? Uh, so, my god is Anubis. Yeah, the under-lord of the underworld. Yes, the legitimate lord of the underworld. Hey, you know what? Osiris is cooler. Yeah, okay, Osiris is pretty cool. But okay, uh, Anubis. Anubis is the Egyptian god of mummification and the afterlife, as well as the patron god of lost souls and the helpless. <laughs> Spitting at my laptop. <laughs> are you my a llama? Are being so mean today. God, they're childish. Uh, he is one of the oldest gods of Egypt. <laughs> uh, he was most likely developed from the earlier and much older jackal god Webwawit. Webwawit. Webwawit, who he is often confused Fuck with. Off. Sorry. No, it's fine. Cursing warning. A, a tick, we put a tick warning. You're good. People know what Tourette's is. Uh, Anubis's image is seen on the royal tombs from the first dynasty of Egypt, circa 3150 to 2890 BCE. But it is certain he already had developed a cult following prior to this period in order to be invoked on the tomb's walls for protection. He is thought to have developed in response to wild dogs and jackals digging up newly buried corpses at some point in the pre-dynastic period in Egypt, circa 6,000 to 3150 BCE. I feel like he normally has, like, a Rottweiler. No, not a Rottweiler. A Doberman said? I picture him with straight, sticky-uppy ears. So, that's actually a jackal. So, a jackal and a Doberman are very similar. It's weird, like, just looking at all of that kind of stuff. Um, uh, Egyptians believed a powerful canine god was the best protection against wild canines. Be believe that or not. Uh, Anubis is depicted as a black canine, a jackal-dog hybrid with pointed ears, or as a muscular man with the head of a jackal. The color black was chosen for its symbolism, not because Egyptian dogs or jackals are black. <laughs> There is a misconception with that. Uh, black symbolized the decay of the body, as well as the fertile soil of the Nile River Valley. Reference number five. Which represented regeneration and life. The powerful black canine was the protector of the dead, who made sure they received their due rights in burial, and stood by them in the afterlife to assist their resurrection. <laughs> he was known as the first of the Westerners, prior to the rise of Osiris in the Middle Kingdom, 2040 to 1782 BCE. I love that you just did air quotes and you didn't even say anything. You barely changed the inflection of your voice. You did that purely for yourself, and I love you so much. Yes, whoops. Uh, uh, okay, prior to the rise of Osiris in the Middle Kingdom, which meant he was king of the dead. In this role, 
He was associated with eternal justice and maintained this association later, even after he was replaced by Osiris, who was then given the honorary title First of the Westerners. Worship of the God. So this is like priests and all this kind of stuff. Uh, the priests of Anubis were male and often wore masks of the god made of wood in performing rituals. The god's cult center was in Upper Egypt at Sinopolis, or the city of the dog. But there were shrines to him throughout the land, and he was universally ve venerated, venerated in every part of the country. Although he does not play a major role in many myths... <laughs> Sliding back on me, man. I was dead. <laughs> uh, his popularity was immense, and as with many Egyptian deities, he survived on into other periods through association with the gods of other lands. The Greeks associated him with their god Hermes, who guided the dead to the afterlife. The this super canid quote air quotes offered people the assurance that their body would be respected oh. at death that their soul would be protected in the afterlife and that they would receive fair judgment for their life's work. These are the same assurances sought by people in the present day, and it is easy to understand why Anubis was such a popular and enduring god. His image is still among the most recognizable of all the Egyptian gods, and replicas of his statuary and tomb paintings remain popular, especially among dog owners in the modern day. Hmm. Um, so you know how you said that... Anubis is often related to Hermes? Yep. Did I say that Osiris is often compared to Dionysus? No, you said Zeus. No, no, no. No, no, I was talking about, like, in, oh. a, in like, a role type of thing, but, like, an actual, like, hey, yeah, the Greek gods adopted, you know, aspects of Osiris in the form of Dionysus. Oh, hello, dog. Our dog just opened up the door. <laughs> oh, that air feels so good. Chloe, lay down. Now that the dog is laying down. Yeah. We had to take a quick break there. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, we had to... Uh, it's such a the dog. Stop the talking. All right, stop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now the name and the role in uh, religion with Anubis. Uh, the name Anubis is the Greek form of the Egyptian Anpu or Inpu which meant to decay, signifying his early association with death. He, he had many epithets besides first of the Westerners. Epithets, that's like a name, right? Yes, it's like a, a title or yeah. a, a something to that stature. Uh, he was also known as, now this is a lot, okay, Lord of the Sacred Land, he who is upon his sacred mountain, ruler of the Nine Bows, bows, the dog who swallows millions, masters of secrets, he who is in the place of embalming, <laughs> nice, I'm so sorry guys, <laughs> and foremost of the divine booth, referencing his presence in the embalming booth and burial chamber. If you do not call me um, foremost of the divine booth for the rest of my life, I'm not talking to you. Okay. <laughs> As his various epithets are pretty clear, Anubis was central to every aspect of an individual's death experience in the role of protector and even stood with a soul after death as a just guide and, or as a just judge and guide. There's a lot of J's. 
He was especially concerned with controlling the impulses of those who sought to sow disorder or align themselves with chaos. In the early dynastic period and Old Kingdom, Anubis was the sole lord of the dead and righteous judge of the soul, but as the Osiris myth became more popular, the latter god took on more and more of Anubis's attributes. Anubis remained a very popular god, however, and so was assimilated into the Osiris myth by discarding his earlier parentage and history and making him the son of Osiris and Nephthys, born of their affair. Hmm. So who were his original parents, did you say? I It didn't explain. Okay. Like, he just kind of popped up out of nowhere and, hello, I'm this person. Okay. Like, come worship me. Um, Chloe. So. Thank you. No, sit down. Going more into Cece's story about Nephthys and Set and all that kind of stuff. Um, basically, Nephthys, Set's wife, was attracted by the beauty of Osiris, Set's brother, transformed herself to appear to him as Isis. Oh, man. Yeah. So Osiris had no idea. Uh, Osiris slept with Nephthys, and she became pregnant with Anubis, but abandoned him shortly after his birth in fear that the affair would be discovered by Set. Isis found out about the affair and went searching for the infant, and when she found him, adopted him as her own. Set also found out about the affair, and this is given as part of the reason for his murder of Osiris, which you, mm-hmm. which you talked about. After his assimilation into the Osiris myth, we're going back to Anubis, Anubis was regularly seen as Osiris' protector and right-hand man who guarded the god's body after death, oversaw the mummification, and assisted Osiris in the judgment of the souls of the dead. Anubis was regularly called upon for protection and vengeance, especially as a powerful ally in enforcing curses placed on others or defending oneself from such curses. Although Anubis is very well represented in artwork throughout Egypt's history, he does not play a major role in many myths, which is why I couldn't really find any festivals or anything like that. Mm -hmm. His early role as Lord of the Dead, prior to assimilation into the Osiris myth, I've said that like five times already, uh, he was static as he only performed a single solemn function, which did not lend itself to elaboration. As the protector of the dead, who invented mummification and so the preservation of the body, he seems to have been considered too busy to have involved himself in the kinds of stories told about the other Egyptians' gods. Fascinating. Especially when you consider the fact that he's one of the most well-known gods even today. Oh, yeah. Like, Osiris, Ra, and Anubis, and Bast are the ones that I know off the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, Isis is barely talked about nowadays, at least in pop culture or anything like that. (laughs) Even in, like, nice. Even in, like, kids' stories on Egypt and all of their gods, it just shows Anubis and Ra. And maybe Osiris. It's it's funky. I don't know. Is it Os- is Osiris the one that's talked about in the mummy? Is is Osiris the mummy in the mummy? Nope. No. Uh, Anubis was talked about because uh, he had the army of the dead. When but he was... wasn't the mummy in the mummy, was he? No. I've only seen that movie once. No. Uh, the mummy was this like weird crazy. Oh yeah, dude. It was a random priest. Yeah, I, you I, could I, like. I... Suck life forces out of people. It I was wonder weird. if that it was, was a weird movie. I wonder if that was based in myth. 
Yeah. I, I mean, we'll have to look. Uh, the army, remember in the second movie when the army came and was fighting the other, like, uh, Egyptians and all that kind of stuff? <laughs> like, in the sand dunes and all that? Well, uh, they all had jackal heads. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it doesn't mean that it was an actual myth. It just oh, means yeah. that they decided to use part of that myth in the story. Yeah. So, like, there's not other what than... What was that? I don't know. Animals getting into things out in the living room, but it was it was a very loud thunk. I, I didn't like that. Uh, but yeah, I think that wraps up today, at least for uh, what we wanted to talk about. I think so. And reminder, we are just doing this as kind of a glossary, so people can go back and yeah. And I mean, I feel like the stories that we told today were, I mean. I feel like a lot of this beginning Egyptian stuff is going to have to do with these this story because I feel like all the major players were involved in some way. So I'm sure that as we continue to talk about Egyptian deities that we'll come back to this story time and time again. Oh, yeah. Which is why I wanted to do it first because I knew that he had a big role in Egyptian mythology. Oh, yeah. I mean, Anubis and Osiris were two of the largest, if not the largest, players in this whole mythology. Alright, let's check some things off of our grocery list. I just wanted to thank you guys so very much. We have three five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, which, that just makes me so happy. It means that at least three people decided to take the time out of their day to support us, and that, that just warms my heart. Still no emails yet, but we're looking forward to it. We know that someday we'll get one. You can email us at mythologybreakdownpod at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can also find us on TikTok at mythology underscore breakdown underscore pod. There you get some behind the scenes stuff. We'll go into some more details, some updates. And you're going to see our beautiful faces. Yes. And you can see our new setup because I think Tony mentioned at the top of the episode that... We're in a brand new setup today. Oh, yeah. And it's going to continuously get bigger and bigger and better. And that's what I'm excited about. You can also find us on Facebook. At Mythology Breakdown, the podcast, where we give little updates, share a little meme every so often. Yeah. And eventually, as it grows, we want to make it into a discussion group. Mm -hmm. And we're so excited about that. Um, So back to your guys' homework. What do you want to hear from us? What what stories do you want to what stories do you want to hear? And it can be literally anything. Anything that has to do with human beings and how they record things. Like we're hopefully within the next couple of weeks as soon as my book gets in, we're going to start doing mini sodes on Brothers Grimm fairy tales and fairy tales in general. So, I mean, it's not limited to just mythology. We're going to be talking about human nature in all of its aspects. Oh, yeah. Um, Humans are very, so very interesting. I say that like I'm not one. (laughs) She's actually an alien. I am an alien. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, I think that's all we got for today. We went through the TikTok. We did the email. Mm -hmm. Hopefully... I know we say this every week, but we'll have a we'll have a uh, blog or a website up soon where we'll post some pictures. I'm still trying to get the uh, Patreon, Patreon working. Up and going. We're 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 getting there. We're 
we're slowly getting the hang of this podcasting thing. So thank you to the people that have been with us since that episode one because um, looking back, it was a uh, not awesome. Yeah. But we did it, and we're having so much fun, and we just we love doing this, and we appreciate all your support. I mean, we couldn't do this without you guys. So, I mean, we could. But it would be really sad. Yeah. Just two people talking to themselves. Right. <laughs> Making themselves look like a fool. All right. Well, until next time, I've been Cece. And I've been Tony. Have a good night.